Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, event sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the... Uh, the uh, well, the Troubadour for Taste Washington, uh, we are celebrating a rare occurrence here. It's uh, every four years. <laughs> a lot of things happen every four years, uh, unless you're in college and not graduating. Uh, this is Leap Day. Happy Leap Day, everybody. February 29th. So this is a free day. Um, you get to do whatever you want, and all your wishes will come true. And then you'll have to be quiet for the next four years. But it's February 29th, and if you made a wish to enjoy wine and actually one of the best uh, food and wine events here in the country, you must be wishing to attend Taste Washington. And boy, are you in for a treat, or a girl or other, are you in for a treat. We're giving away some tickets today for Taste Washington, so you need to uh, check out our uh, Facebook page at Happy HR Radio and also our Twitter page at Happy HR Radio. And I'll uh, let you know when to chime in, exactly when to uh, post something on how much you love Happy Hour Radio or Taste Washington or Washington Wine or just give me the darn tickets is all you need to do. But I've got two fantastic winemakers in the studio, a gentleman by the name of John Patterson, Patterson Sellers, and Lisa Working Packer, who is with Working Winery, both uh, up there in the uh, area of Woodenville, which is actually, they're not going to change it now. I mean, they really should, right? There's no more woods, is there? Oh, there's some trees, but there's more, more wine. Wineryville, that's what we need to call it, uh, because this is the the treat. We've got uh, two days, actually, what, four days coming up. The the Taste Washington is in its 22nd year, I believe, and it's uh, been an amazing run. Uh, I remember the first one was 1998, 99, so this is, yeah, the 22nd, right? Is that right? 23rd? Gosh. It all blends in, uh, just like the blended wines we have for Taste Washington. But we have a dinner series on March 19th. We have uh, an event uh, happening, the new vintage, uh, at the Fisher Pavilion on the evening. So not only did they expand the tasting from 1 to 5.30 Saturday and Sunday, they also have events which allow you to keep that party going because I know you're spitting all day and just uh, taking small sips and hydrating, not wearing perfume and high heels so you're comfortable. <laughs> so you get to be there uh, for the new vintage at night. And, of course, we have uh, some seminars during the day before so you can get yourself educated and then uh, speak uh, fluent wine with the winemakers. But let's, uh, let's chat with some real people here. John Patterson and Lisa Ward-King-Packer, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Appreciate it. Hey, great to have you, too. Um, uh, are you ready for another Taste Washington? John, which one is this? Is this number 14 for you? Let's see. This will be my uh, 20th year with Patterson, but I probably didn't start attending for, I'd say, five, six years in. All right. So yes. I'm right there. Yeah, call it. Lisa, your third. this is your fifth vintage? I think this is my fifth vintage at Taste Wa. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so um, what do you love about Taste Washington, John? It's great networking. I get to... Uh, I go through, there's probably 200 plus wineries there, and it's just, uh, you kind of have your uh, highlights you don't get to uh, see, I think, out on the street and stuff. So it's just a great opportunity to, to, to go around and just try the different wineries and stuff. And I think there's always a buzz around certain ones that are maybe new to the uh, new to the industry, and you somebody says it's great and you want to try it, and I think that's important. You run over and you're like, okay, yeah, great. 
next. So. Okay. Well, you're very efficient, and it's a two-day. It's it's a long weekend, but a very rewarding weekend because we have lots of people coming. Lisa, what what do you like about Taste Washington? I really like to see what Washington State is doing. We're we're creating some amazing wines here, and it's really nice to see our you know what our fellow winemakers are doing and what they're bringing and um, how we're elevating Washington. On the in the world wine market, it'd be interesting to see if we have any Lewis and Clark Valley, or is it Snake River Valley? It's Lewis and Clark, right? Isn't that creeped in over on the, uh, the Washington new, border? Yeah, New AVA. Yeah, well, we'll see if anyone shows up. <laughs> Lewis and Clark wine. Uh, okay, so you actually have some wines you're going to pour, which is really exciting. These are some of the what quote unquote the new vintages, the new releases. Uh, John, you you poured a pink, a lovely, uh, very light pink salmon rosé. Tell me about this wine. So this is our uh, 2019 uh, Patterson Cellars Rosé. So it's a uh, 69% uh, Tempranillo and the balance 31% uh, Sangiovese. So excellent. That is a very unique blend because they don't grow much Sangiovese in Spain, but they certainly grow a lot of Tempranillo. And I, I lo- this is this is your best rosé, I believe. We do uh, four rosés, and it's probably <laughs> you would think it's our best. I love our, I love bubbles. I, I really love. Oh uh, well, I haven't tried that. I think you brought a bottle, but we have such a short time, and yes, uh, so uh, it's uh, you know this is Lent, so we have to give up some things. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Lisa. Just... You uh, you brought a red wine, but um, tell me about the rosés, John. You said this is uh, Tempranillo and Sangio, but you have four others. We have four. We have a uh, Pinot Noir rosé sparkling. We have our Cab Franc, which is Red Willow, and then our Sangiovese Tempranillo, and then we have our Forbidden Rosé. Do you let those hang? Are you looking for larger crop just to help uh, mitigate the uh, the overripeness you look you might you really don't want for rosé? No, I mean we pick uh, we pick purposefully early okay. on these, and we're not overcropping or anything. It's uh, well, I remember when I made rosé, I let it hang. I thought that was really you know like like the real Provençals. They're not going to do yes. any more work than they have to. Uh, delicious. What's the price point? I want to think it's 24. All right. Well, there we go. Finally. And this is being uh, presented at Taste Washington. So you look for the peas, and Patterson will be pouring several different wines, including this 2019 rose. Correct. Excellent. Uh, Lisa, did we get a bottle open from you? You have a bottle that you're going to be pouring not only, um, well, actually only at one event, right? Yeah. This will be, we're particip- this is our first year actually participating in the new vintage. Um, and this there wine um, is a little bit different than um, our regular lineup. Uh, we call this one Tenacity. The label's different. It's 75 Mouvedra, 25 Syrah. And um, this one is um, all the proceeds from this wine. We've partnered with an organization called Spin Girls, which um, is geared towards getting young girls into the sciences. All right. And um, we... Um, it's lighter, it's brighter, it's very easy to drink. Um, this is one we think you can open on a spring day and enjoy if you're only a red wine drinker. Um, but uh, it's got a little spice to it as well. Well, the uh, cherry blossoms and the Daphne and the daffodils are blooming. Uh, yeah, this is crazy to think that time is going by so quickly. But that's really the key that the, the plants know when to show up. Of course, we'll get that little snowstorm coming either in March, later March and April. We always do that that little last cold spell. But when you think of this wine, this is really a delicious wine. This is really friendly. It's light. Um, it also has character. Uh, it's got some complexity. But truly, there's a delicious factor here. Did it take long? I mean, is this a different uh, departure from what you do, or did you you could always do this? You just weren't sure you, you wanted a a bigger, bolder style house style. Well, I actually think the market is changing a bit, 
and we've really recognized that our market is really, you know, we have older drinkers, we have younger drinkers, and um, and there's us and <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> so we're really. Um, trying to find something for everyone and you're right as I've um, grown as a winemaker I'm this is kind of my little bit of a veer off um, to have some fun and to play a little bit more fun yeah I feel like I'm finally like getting my confidence level there to yeah try some new things well well done and tenacity that's a cool uh, name it's uh, it actually you know for having a uh, a a cause that benefits women ten- tenacity or tenacious D you think makes me think of a male sort of uh, a title or, or a label, a brand, a name, and so I think it's going to appeal to both. Because how do you promote the fact that it it really helps out? Uh, is it scholarships or or movements towards uh, generating interest in the sciences for young ladies, young women? It is really getting. There's a program that's set up in the Seattle Public Schools. Uh, it starts in the eighth grade, uh, and we're just helping. Them. And they're really small and just getting going. And um, we met with them, and we it was uh, it was just a natural. It seemed like a natural pairing for the both of us. Well, good for you. I like that a natural pairing, and we're going to get to some great pairings here in a minute. But I, I just had to say, I'm surprised that at eighth grade, I remember worrying about a lot of other things about you know girls and boys and uh, you know and just you know, high school. And it seems like we should be getting them into science at at fifth grade, where they're like you know get some math in them, but. I'll let those to the educators. You know me. I uh, I like to play scientist. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you get to play winemaker, tasting and blending, and or a wine enthusiast because Taste Washington has a whole host of events. Of course, we have the dinner series on March 19th. And check it out, tastewashington.org, the whole uh, list of programs. You can buy tickets and uh, check out the new vintage and something called Pacific Standard. Lisa, do you know what Pacific Standard is? Well, Pacific Standard is an event that they're hosting on Friday night, uh, and it's down at Elliott Hall, uh, Pier 66, and it's sure. from 7 to Bill 10. Sure, Harbor Convention Center, yeah. Or, yeah, or and uh, it's fabulous wine and fabulous food. Right, so that's a focus on the chefs, I imagine, which is makes it fun, and that's a Friday night, you said? Yes, Friday Perfect. night. Perfect. So you can go out and uh, really uh, load up with... Uh, it's hard to eat everything at, at Taste Washington and or drink everything, but... If you, you know, you can probably taste one wine if you're really a pro, but you have to spit. Now, at these events, you don't have to spit because you've got plenty of food and you're not going anywhere and it's really a, a closed environment. Um, but what I find for Taste Washington is that you you need to really have a plan. And we'll get to that. But uh, when we think about these events, of course, um, they're... The new Taste Washington not only promotes Washington viticulture and winemaking, uh, it also um, promotes the idea of moderate drinking and responsibility and, of course, good food. So this is really, we want to celebrate this with everybody all the time. We certainly don't want to hear any tragedies um, or, you know, somebody making making some poor decisions because they're, uh, they didn't plan ahead. Uh, of course, we want uh, good driving and uh, designated drivers if possible, and or overnight accommodations. But when you want to get up early and learn, the early bird gets the education. And, John, you talked about uh, these fantastic seminars, which have been a real treat. And one of the, my, one of the best there, if you're an experienced wine drinker, I think wine versus the, or Washington versus the world was really a treat. I've been doing. I've been going to the seminars for about four years now, and I think they're, they're so well put together. The guest panel, the wine selection – just incredible in there in the morning so you can still do the seminar and then make it to the uh the grand event uh that afternoon so but uh the one i enjoy is uh each year is the uh, washington versus the world it's uh it's put together it's a 
definitely a blind tasting so you don't know what you're uh, you're tasting through the the lineup and then you get the uh, the winemakers present for the Washington wines and then they have a moderator there that uh, talks about the uh, the world wine so I think it's uh, it's exciting definitely. I've enjoyed that and we're, we're not skimping on any of the quality wines we're looking for really great representation of what would be a world-class wine because we poured some Bordeaux I believe it was last year or the year before uh, against some Washington Bordeaux style blends and of course I think we had a Cote Roti or Hermitage or something as well some high-end wine so uh, this is uh, certainly when you look at that price point you, this is not just a uh, you know we're not trying to make a lot of money we're trying to cover the cost and also uh, provide with a great opportunity for education some of the other classes we have are new ones this year that I hadn't seen on there before is the uh, the bubbles so under pressure I'll be excited. I'm going to definitely sign up and uh, sit through that. That'll How ironic. I'm uh, hosting a, uh, presenting a sparkling conversation at the Washington and Wine Growers Symposium uh, uh, coming up next week, and actually Monday, Tuesday, and we're talking about Washington State's place in the world of bubbles, and so uh, that's kind of exciting that this is, you know, there's a, a common theme. I mean, everyone's sort of recognizing it, and you have been making bubbles, right? When's, when was your first uh, method traditionnel? 2013. It's. Uh, I think we're just. We just bottled um, a little over 900 cases here in January for our 19 vintage. Wow! So prosecco really opened the doors for everybody, right? But the idea of having bubbles is became, became more fun because it was accessible. Champagne was always a special occasion. That's why because you had to spend some money for it. But prosecco being 10 bucks and under, now 15 bucks and under, and being very friendly made it. I think bubbles become more of a, an actual beverage. Would you agree, Lisa? Yeah, I actually do. And um, uh, once again, younger people are enjoying drinking bubbles. Um, and if you haven't had John's, I've, I've had the multiple vintages you've had. And I think um, your rosé bubbles, your pinot, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's what counts. Um, beauty in the bottle. I like that. There's a beauty in the beast, but we got beauty in the bottle with Lisa Working Packer of uh, Working Winery in Woodville. What's your website? Uh, www.work hyphen king wines.com it's -A -R -R a long one rr dash king hyphen king just just google working wines. working and john patterson your your patterson sellers.com patterson sellers and of course we want you to remember taste washington.org speaking with lisa working packer and john patterson both winemakers up in woodenville with some great uh, bottles of wine they're gonna be they're hosting in a couple weeks so stick around folks we'll chat more right here on happy hour radio Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, hey, welcome back to round two and happy leap day or leap night. Uh, take a big leap in February 29th. It only comes around every uh, four years, so I'm told. And uh, Taste Washington, luckily, comes around every year. It's coming up on March 21st and 22nd over at CenturyLink uh, Convention Center, 1 to 5.30, 200 wineries, uh, 60, 70, 80-plus chefs, uh, some great tasting stations. I think we, we feature some specific American viticulture areas or specific vineyards. Uh, uh, Lisa, do you have vineyards that you, you have a great connection with, a, a great, you know, when you're making some wine, are you a, a Waluk fan? Are you a Horse Heaven fan? Or where are you, where are you pulling fruit from? Well, I um, like to pull fruit from a lot of areas. Um, 
Red Mountain, of course, but I really do like Wallook Slope, uh, and I like Royal Slope. Those are probably my, my favorite three areas. Well, you got some good uh, good names. I think the the Royal Slope sounds good. And John, you've been making wine, twentieth vintage now. Uh, have you dialed in some American viticulture areas or some of our sub AVAs here in Washington State that really uh, you're fond of? I would say we're. I think we purchased last year from about seven different AVAs, but focus mostly Red Mountain, Walla Walla, and we uh, we're over in Chelan, Ancient Lakes. Ancient Lakes. Yes. Is that for your whites? That is for the uh, Chardonnay. Chardonnay, very Correct. good. Right? They say that's a little cooler over there. So Ancient Lakes with Evergreen Vineyard, I think, is over there, and that's been a renowned vineyard with uh, Riesling. So they like the cool temps, especially for whites, because we are a uh, um, elevated. What do they call it? Uh, desert, right? We're high. We're high desert land up here, the very tip of the Sonoran Desert, which starts down in Mexico. So we have desert-like conditions, which means hot at, during the day, but cold at night. And, of course, we need cool nights to help maintain acidity. And when you think about acidity, we think about some fun, te- fantastic sparkling wine. And, John, you just poured one. What's this one called? This is our uh, Blanc de Blanc, 2018 on the vintage. White from white. Yes. Excellent. And it is, in the, the in the true sense of the word, Blanc de Blanc uh, refers to 100% uh, sparkling champagne. Oh, I should say sparkling champagne. Well, there is still champagne. There's no. <laughs> champagne from uh, France, of course, which is 100% Chardonnay. And this is from Ancient Lakes. This Ancient Lakes, Sagecliff Vineyard, the property there at the uh, Gorge Amphitheater. Do, do they have white? Do they have caliche in the soil there at Sagecliff? Is there any white in there? Not that I know. Makes me think of white bluffs. I'm just trying yes. to remember. This is Sagemore, Sagecliff. That's what I'm thinking. I remember when Kent Walsh was here. Um, tasty, how long is it? And this is method traditional? Traditional method, correct. So we bottle usually December, January of each year, and then we disgorge the, um, let's say about eight months later. Now, so, how do you do that? Is that a la voulée, like by hand? No, my gosh. It's uh, <laughs> it's so funny. People come in and they see the uh, the, uh, the the metal uh, racks and stuff with all oh, the The gyro pallet? Well, we uh, we have them in stored in metal racks, but then we transfer them to the uh, gyro pallets and stuff. Everybody's asked, do you riddle them by hand? I'm like, that is only in the movie. <laughs> and so, so everything's pretty much, I would Not say. Not at this age. <laughs> gyro pallets. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, is this going to be poured at uh, Taste Washington? We'll have that at the Taste, correct, yes. Oh, excellent. So that's fun. So uh, along with the uh, Under Pressure Seminar, and that's on Saturday? Saturday, is yes. your, is your Are you usual? Will your wine be featured there by it chance? It will not. It will not. I am. Uh, I always go to them, and I never have my wine featured. That's ah, fun. Okay. That takes some pressure off, right? Yes. You know, you're looking around the room and some comments. Uh, it's interesting because every bottle is almost is very unique. It's that singular bottle. You know, it, it has its, its different cork. It's a different piece of glass. It's uh, it's just in a different box. And we think about blending, right? Um, beginning of the blend, depending on which tanks you use, and the end of the blend. I mean, it's, there is a subtle difference because, well, you use probably stainless steel, right? For our... Um, Sparkling? Yes, yeah. correct. All right. So some people use barrels, but of course, um, when we think of uh, red wines and blending, um, new barrels obviously make, make a bigger difference. Uh, Lisa, um, you're going to pour the new vintage. So traditionally, this has been on a Friday night, so they switched it around, and this is kind of a fun hip. Hipster, it's not hipster. Don't we don't have nothing hipster here, right? We don't. Uh, we have more of a young vibe. Young vibe. There you go. Uh, and at Fisher Pavilion, which is at the Seattle Center, uh, it's a great place. I love the windows. Of course, um, we're talking about an evening event, so you look outside and see the Space Needle, maybe. And are you paired with a restaurant here? Uh, not yet. Um, I know that they're going to have. Uh, a lot of famous uh, chefs from 
they say the legends, the present, and the future. So we're just looking forward to yeah pouring with them all. Uh, fantastic. Now, is it one wine per winery? Because I remember we was featured one wine at one point. I think we have a couple options okay. this year. All right. So yeah. ever-evolving. And tickets here are, it's it's not an inexpensive ticket, but when you have this, uh, when you have legendary chefs, you're going to expect some legendary tastes. And of course, uh, your wine here is very approachable. This wine is really a, a fun, before s- s- before breakfast wine. <laughs> no, before breakfast, I that's like that. John's uh, sparkling. <laughs> uh, before lunch, before dinner wine, even this after. Brunch. This is something that keeps keeps uh, the party going because it's very uh, simple. Uh, I don't want to say simple, but very straightforwardly and friendly. And simple meaning meaning it's not really complex enough to think about it. And as a wine guy, as a wine nerd, I sometimes I don't want to think about it. I just want to relax. I like it when someone else picks the wine. They say, "Hey, Mister, when you want to be messed with me, why don't you pick the wine?" Like. Can I enjoy it too? It's my Friday night or my Sunday morning or whatever it is. But this way, that's what the fun part about going to Taste Washington is that they've already selected wine for you. And at the new vintage, you get a chance to uh, to hobnob with some. Let's see some of the chefs here. We've got uh, Chris Constancio uh, from Coxcomb, uh, and that is that uh, f- that little red part on the top of the chicken's head, right? That's right. <laughs> it looks like a comb. Uh, Logan Cox. Well, we've got Cox come to Logan Cox, and he's at Restaurant Homer. Of course, uh, the venerable Tom Douglas, uh, Desi Boro, and uh, she's at the Carlisle Room. And that's, yeah. Have you been there? I have not. I haven't. That's the thing. Are you both live up north? Yes. Yeah. Hard to get down here to Seattle. Uh, but you've, you know, north, they got some great restaurants. I heard some great restaurants in Edmonds. And uh, Jay uh, Blackington from Houston's Houston's, I can barely read this. I need some new eyes. Uh, wood oven. So there's some of the featured chefs, and we got a bunch of wineries. It's March 21st, Fisher Pavilion at Seattle Center. The new vintage presented by Lexus. So uh, maybe you can get an Uber that has a Lexus, and they can drop you off. Um, otherwise, it's uh, 7 to 10 p.m. on Saturday, the March 21st, and it's 150 bucks. Now they have. All access pack. They like a super VIP package, I believe, if I remember right. You go to the tastewashington.org, the website. You can buy, like, you know, give me the carte blanche, if they will. Is that right? I think that'll get you into, what, seminars, the after-hours party. and After-hours. Yes. So, we've, all right, so we have dinners on Thursday. We've got the Pacific Standard, which is down on the waterfront on Friday. And then we have seminars starting at what time? Is that 10 a.m.? 9 a.m.? It is 10 a.m. 10 a.m. And so there's really the challenge with those is that's one seminar, and you got to choose four. They have once they have four seminars going at the same time, so you have to pick one. You can't really, and otherwise you'll miss the tasting. Sign up early for those; they go quick. They do go quick, and I, I was looking at them. I was like, "Gosh, how do you decide?" But Washington versus the world is always fun. You said there's another one uh, under pressure, and then a master's view. Any, Correct. Any uh, insight on that? Uh, Bob Betts is on the panel, and he's always such a great speaker. He is uh, in the industry, beginning of time for Washington, and it's uh, it's it's. it's <laughs> is that okay? Is that okay to say? Hey, Father Time. I mean, uh, Mister <laughs> Betts. Uh, no, right. he's he's so well edu- well educated on wine. He's what a legend. A, he is a legend. He is yes. a legend. He's surprised he's not cooking some of his famous pizza. I think it's funny how it's, there's so many you know like. Well, I've entered pizza, and I think uh, uh, Bet's had pizza oven, and there's like a lot of pizza going on in the Washington. Oh, Rick Small's got pizza in Woodward Canyon. 
uh, we think he's one of those legends to be uh, making some of his pizza there. But uh, really, the events, the programs are sit down. They're well appointed, and uh, they're at the Four Seasons. Is it still again? It the Four Seasons, correct? Yeah, on First and Union. So uh, you know. Wear some jeans, wear comfortable shoes, uh, wear a polo, depending on the weather, dress in layers, I guess. But remember, when you're going to any wine event, it's it's no cologne or and no perfume because we're there to smell the wines and, you know, just be sure you take a shower before. I'm sure you'll be okay unless you've got some issues. Uh, and, and uh, of course, be sure to spit if you want to. Um, this is a long day, especially if you're on Saturday, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we've all seen it. I you have. guys have, have tasting rooms. You guys, you've been to Taste Washington, and there's always the three, some, four, some of, of either guys or girls, and one one person is like just looking at you a little, can I have another pour? <laughs> and there's great food at the Taste when That's, you're there all yeah. day Saturday and Sunday. There's incredible restaurants, so just take your time, taste through, take a break. You know, so Hydrate. Yeah, I say, you know, have an early breakfast so you've got a base, and then be sure to hydrate through um, – and bring a spit cup if you want, or uh, because that's the easiest to spit, and you can be responsible. Uh, and I think they have them these days, don't they? Pour sp- do you have spit cups? They now? do. They have them that we can hand out to. Oh, good. There. there we go. So uh, we'll take care of you as best we can, and uh, you, you be sure and uh, tell your friends. Grab a posse. Grab a group. Uh, for the new vintage on Saturday night, the 21st, for Taste Washington, March 21st and 22nd, the dinner series on March 19th, and the Pacific Standard, which is all about food, legendary chefs at Elliott Bay Hall and uh, Bell Harbor down on the waterfront. We'll see you at Taste, uh, John, under the peas. And Lisa, you're not at Taste or you are at Taste? Oh, I'm at Taste. I'll right. be there. Grand you're Tasting the and New Vintage. All right, now's your chance to win some tickets to Taste Washington, the new vintage uh, Pacific Standard, and, uh, of course, Taste Washington Saturday and Sunday. Check out the Facebook page. It's Happy Hour Radio. If you want to go to uh, the new vintage, say, I want to go to new vintage. If you want to go to the Saturday uh, Taste Washington or Sunday, let me know. We've got lots of tickets to give away, and uh, I want you to see me there along with Lisa and John. So, folks, uh, check it out, Facebook page and Happy Hour Radio. Stick around. We'll have more coming up right here on 570 KDI. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby, the Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, Peter Sound, welcome back. Uh, time for a, another fantastic story about the world of food and beverage and uh you know as a longtime seattleite i'm super proud of our um of our our industry our our, our hospitality our climate our entrepreneurship whether it's uh, of course uh, starbucks or uh, amazon uh or red hook or grandeza or papa bueno we have all sorts of people who can have passion for quality and for changing the way we think in a good good way. I, I'm talking about you know how we eat, um, whether it's the metro, local metro markets or whether it's uh, Franz chocolates or Talking Rain beverages or even Bartels. Uh, we have this this is fantastic climate. Maybe it's because we're all on coffee. <laughs> indoors and well-read. But we have another partner here, another uh, fantastic company called Good Good Planet, and they do a whole 
vegetable-based, um, plant-based, I should say, plant-based foods. And I have the CEO, uh, David Israel. He's actually over in Bellevue. Hey, David Israel, CEO of Good Planet Foods, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Thank you, Christopher. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. So um, let's talk about David Israel. Are you an MBA guy that is in charge of this big company, or how did you get started into worrying about food? No, I'm more of a rolling with sleeves up uh, entrepreneur. So uh, my company before this was also a Seattle-based snack company called Pop Gourmet. And we used to do uh, like the almond mocha popcorn, the hoi fung sriracha popcorn and potato chips, and a whole line of products uh, that Yum. was national. Uh, and when I stepped away from that in 2017, I wanted to get into uh, develop a product that was kind of better for you, better for the planet better for animals, and um, here we are. We're here with Good Planet Plant-Based Cheeses. All right, Good Planet Plant-Based Cheeses, which uh, I got two, uh, two samples of the mozzarella, and I was really impressed. Um, I like the fact that, first of all, it looked like is grated cheese. It looked like long, like two, almost two-inch uh, little, little rails of cheese, uh, little slivers, and um, it tasted like mozzarella. It melted really cool like mozzarella, but I had no idea what's it made of. Tell me about uh, this, this line of cheeses and, you know, how many different expressions you have. Well, so, well, we are, you know, an allergen-free plant-based cheese. So it's based off of coconut oil uh, made with some plant-based starches. And all, everything is non-GMO, clean, and uh, all plant-based. Um, we also, I mean, besides the mozzarella, which you tried, which is really popular, we have, you know, cheddar shreds and slices. We have Parmesan. We have cream cheese. We have uh, smoked provolone. Um, I mean, American cheese, you name it. Uh, we're, we're, we're kind of venturing into that category of not the, not the spreadables like the, the herbs and stuff like that, but we do have a garlic herb uh, slice that's amazing. Um, and we're all about, you know, creating something that, is a great alternative for people that would like to make choices that are better for them and better for the planet. Well, I like that. Uh, let's talk about you. Are you a foodie per se? I mean, you've got some great ideas, but uh, are you uh, out there enjoying perhaps the canless tasting menu or, or what, what turns you on in the, in the world of food and Bev? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I used to love everything. Uh, you know, I'm more now centric on a plant-based diet. Uh, I'm your typical I mean, you're, I'm 89% of the people that are buying plant-based foods, which are, we're not vegans, we're not vegetarians, we're flexitarians. And, ah, uh, right, we're eating more of, of items, again, that are better for us, better for the planet, you know, better for animals, uh, but are good, you know, that also taste good. So uh, I eat mostly a plant-based diet. Uh, again, it's about balance, right? So once in a while, I mean, yes, I love a good piece of salmon. I mean, there's things that I will venture out with, but my... My mostly I'm eating, I'm feeling better, uh, and I'm eating cleaner because I'm following a plant-based diet most of the time. It's interesting that when as uh, we age and mature and understand the world and our our place in it, that uh, we understand how you know how ageless and timeless certain ingredients are, like turmeric. Um, but then we think about you know lactose and dairy items and how they inflame our our bodies and 
and perhaps mm-hmm. even you know uh, some plant things like gluten or or corn. I mean, I, I'm allergic to a couple things: barley, corn, soy. But you know, I can't not not have my nachos every now and then, or my slice of cheese pizza. Um, how about you? Did you sort of find? I mean, to do something called uh, pop gourmet, which I remember. Were you into this this particular time frame in life where you said, you know, I'm my body's telling me things. You know, uh, Christopher, I mean, at the end of, the, of my time at, at Pop Gourmet, it was all about, I mean, I ate, believe me, I ate so much almond roca popcorn and rogue blue popcorn and potato chips. I mean, uh, it, it, I had my fill. And it was time to really, for me to focus, again, on something that was better for you. Uh, and when I looked into the plant-based category and I looked at the cheeses there, I found that they didn't melt very well. They didn't taste very well. The texture wasn't very good. So we thought we could really innovate, and we did. And we created something that was a, a great cheese alternative. Uh, it's not a replacement. I mean, it can be if you can't have cheese. But uh, for someone that wants to eat healthier, uh, you know, it's a third the fat. It's a third the calories. There's no cholesterol. Um, people that have diabetes or, or heart disease, it's, it's a better product for them. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not – I think it's all about balance, right? And uh, if you cheese, choose cheese, <laughs> cheese uh, to eat, if you if that's your decision is to eat more plant based, hey, then great. If it's to eat plant based 100 percent of the time, that's great too. But we're just here to want to be the best alternative in the marketplace, and I think we've achieved that. Uh, and again, we, and we created a brand that we knew would connect with that consumer. You know, something that is plant based. Uh, it's better for the planet you know, again, animal cruelty or whatever, or just better for animals. Uh, so there's a lot of great attributes here. I like it. Uh, goodplanetfoods.com is the website. And how many different uh, products of uh, plant-based products are you providing? I know we talked about cheese. Are you significantly just cheese-based or cheese alternative-based? Yeah, we're really focused on the cheese category because, I mean, it's a big category. It's growing from today. Uh, call it in the U.S., 350, 350 million in sales forecasted to go to about 5 billion in sales by 2024. So as an allergen-free, meltable product, we really want to focus on that. And, you know, honestly, we've only been in retail for a year, and we've been in food service for a year and a half. Our mozzarella has already – we've already improved the formula about five times. So we're constantly innovating. We're looking for better ingredients so that we can create a better experience for the consumer and for our other clients that are using it as ingredients in their products so like pagliacci you know they're they have us on their menu we we always want to just give them the best product available I like that, and it comes from passion. It comes from uh, integrity, and you know, you know, plant-based products. I know that the Impossible Burger just made uh, mainstream America by going fast food, but there's been some discussion about uh, you know misconceptions about plant-based foods because are they are they as processed as much? I mean, really, tell me about tell me about some of the truths about that people misunderstand about plant-based foods. Well, uh, look, I mean, first, there are different categories, okay? And I can't speak about impossible. I can speak about beyond. I know that's a very good product. It's not very processed. Uh, So I think you have to do that research. I mean, they're all clean. They're non-GMO. You're going to make the consumer actually do something for themselves? (laughs) Oh, my. Well, you're not you're not a government you, guy. You're not a politician. Let me tell you about my product then. Uh, they, <laughs> the shortest ingredient deck in our category. It's non-GMO. It's gluten-free. 
Uh, it's vegan certified. Um, you know, it, we check all the boxes. So uh, I can tell you that our product, I can't speak about categories that I, I don't know 100% about, and I don't want to represent like I do. So I'll speak about what I do know, which is our company and our products. Uh, it's, they're very healthy. They're very clean. They're not very – there's hardly any process that goes into it. Uh, as a matter of fact, all of our newer products coming out are green labeled. So um, even less mo- processing re- reduced from what we used to have to do. So The green label means what? Book. What is the green label? Is that a signature of – There's no chemicals involved whatsoever. Interesting. Not even Zero. preservatives. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's you know that makes uh, um, a urgency to uh, obviously utilize the product. But is there is is there some shelf stability or refrigerator stability? Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Look, I mean, it has a great shelf life. Uh, usually, after no. So I want to be clear here. We do have we have a product with that does have a preservative uh, for categories that require that. Sure. Uh, the majority of our products eighty. Or 90% are preservative-free or natural preservative added. Um, however, yes, yeah, so they do need refrigeration. Uh, we have a shelf life. If someone's to buy them off the shelf at a store, they're going to get somewhere between four and seven months. Oh, um, wow. Wow. Yeah, it has a very long shelf life. I mean, once the package is open, you look, I encourage you to use it sooner rather than later, but it has a very long shelf life. That's right. Well, once you open it, you can't help but utilize it. It's so good. Speaking with David Israel, the CEO of GoodPlanetFoods.com, over in our new sister city, Bellevue, which we all long to be in these days. Hey, folks, and we got a little more time with David Israel, so stick around. We'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. Some say three is a crowd. We say the more the merrier. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekdays, 9 to noon, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I just saw something uh, in the on the Internet uh, about a cheese sommelier, and uh, as I chuckled at that because uh, we call them cheese mongers, but, you know, it always sounded like sort of a, uh, a, slight, a slight of, uh, of uh, terminology. But I have a truly cheese, uh, well, a cheese alternative, and he's the, the, we'll call him the guru. David Israel, CEO of Good Planet Foods, is located in Bellevue. They've got some amazing cheese alternatives the first being the mozzarella which i got i tasted and i was really blown away because it it was really good and it melted but david i'm i'm really interested what's the process to sort of develop something like this do you take an an ingredient or a product that's out there already dissect it and say how can we improve it or where's the genesis yeah no well look i mean as i again uh, a little over two years ago we started looking at the vegan cheese category and when we experimented with what was out there, we weren't really happy as far as the meltability and texture, flavor, um, or even variety. And uh, so we, we started looking, diving in and figuring out what ingredients we could use to make a better product, and then what process would work for that. And there's actually a process that dairy use uh, or dairy companies use called analog cheese, which is made from dairy powders instead of dairy milk Hmm. um so we thought if they could use dairy powders then we could probably replace those ingredients with 
our oils and our powders that are plant-based and hopefully come up with a similar, you know, experience. And we were right. So we worked with a partner out of Greece uh, that helped us develop uh, an amazing process and extend the line into products that would work well in the U.S. Um, Took us about five five to seven months, uh, and we felt we nailed it, and we rushed right into, in May of 18, we launched into the food service and restaurant, uh, excuse me, and industrial categories with our product, and it just took off because we did get there. We got there with the meltability. We got there with the taste, and again, like I told you, it's been something that we've been able to, through the process and modifying that process with either how the, the cooking temperatures, the times, uh, there's some other things involved that people wouldn't understand, but, uh, and then the ingredients, improving ingredients and finding those around the world. Uh, we were really able to capture better results and, uh, in turn, that's why I said we've done, you know, five, five renditions this year alone or improvements, I should say, on a lot of our products to really create a better experience as far as meltability and flavor and texture. That's pretty cool. You sound like a racing team kind of, right? You're always trying to improve for the next race. Uh, yeah, and exactly. this This is the human race. Um, pretty cool. It's goodplanetfoods.com. Um, I'm curious, is there a mozzarella molecule? I mean, I know that when we think about uh, food engineering, and of course we people have mastered it. I mean, sour cream and ranch dressing apparently is like the pinnacle of of food engineering for uh, mass market appeal. Did you, do you have like this Greece, this company in Greece, do they have some great pallets there? Do they have some scientists or, or what? Yeah, it's that they identified uh, a product that, that was uh, vegan for the Greek Orthodox holidays because they don't eat dairy. And so they, it was just a wow. dairy free, they didn't call it vegan cheese. They didn't know what, even know what it was. It was really, a multiple product. So we partnered with them and we did create that and we've learned a lot. I mean, we're now, we're producing now in Wisconsin uh, and in Greece. Greece is wow, for really? sales. You're going yeah. right at it, right at the heartland, right at the cheese state. Hey, they know, they know, they know what they're doing. We just have to teach them. We just have to give them the, 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 the recipes and the formalizations and the processes and they already have everything in place to do it. So they're that great makes partners. Sense. All right, cool. Look, they, they want to create alternatives for people too. They don't want to, they know that people are moving away from dairy. Right. Uh, and Look they at that be, milk, the milk industry. They want to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, quickly, let's talk about your Good, good Planet Foods. Available locally um, or is it online? Yeah. Where? What storage no, carry you? Locally at uh, Vegan Haven, Central Co-op, Thriftway, Hague, uh, sorry, I said Hagen, uh, Safeway Albertsons, and yeah, go to Pagliacci's and try one of their vegan pizzas. That's You'll be thrilled. All right. Well, I'm always thrilled, Pagliacci. Unfortunately, they don't deliver to my house, which is a little <laughs> perplexing. Um, I'm waiting for you guys to get picked up by the uh, Totinos or Frischetta, some of the big pizza companies that do Frozen. Yeah. Have you guys? Are you guys in that realm yet? Great question. Yes, we launched with Nestle Sweet Earth. Uh, we're launching with a couple other brands that I, I probably shouldn't say yet, uh, and we're. Talking to many large pizzerias across the country, um, you'll find this coming this next year in many, many products. Uh, we, uh, White Castle, I can tell you about. We're launching with White Castle, unfortunately, <laughs> locally. Oh, but cool. They have an impossible patty, and they're using our cheddar 
uh, our cheddar slices. Well, on good it. for you, David Israel. Hey, man, I'm so happy you're from the Pacific Northwest. CEO of GoodPlanetFoods.com. Congratulations on your success and Thank best you, of luck on all the the new things that'll be happening in our new world. Really appreciate it. Thank all you right, so much. hey folks, hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember, when you're out and about, tasting, drinking, or having fun, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. <laughs>